0: It's Friday night, and the mood is right. We're gonna have some fun, show you how it's done, TGI. Welcome back to the TGI Podcast, and happy Leon Day. This has become one of my favorite traditions here on the podcast, and I mean a lot of other podcasts. I know that a lot of our friends who also run uh, throughout the Christmas Podcast Network, they're going to have their Leon Day episodes out there too. But what I love about it so much is it helps set the tone for what is coming ahead in the upcoming months and for the rest of the year. It has been a little over a month since our last episode, so it's great to be back. Uh, Great to be back with something a little more holiday oriented. We, this past episode, did a little countdown of my favorite kids' sports movies. That was a lot of fun, but we're turning back to something a subject that is classic but with a newer show so without further ado on to the show We are covering the one and only Christmas episode of the TV show, Ted Lasso, titled Carol of the Bells. This was the fourth episode of season two, and it debuted on Apple TV Plus on August 13th of 2021. Uh, Before diving into the episode more and the show a little bit more, I do want to go over my own history with it. So Ted Lasso debuted in August of 2020, and I can remember it getting some early buzz. I mean, let's face it, August of 2020, we were still right in the thick of COVID and the and the entire pandemic, it was still a very sketchy time in a lot of people's lives. And we were all sort of looking for an outlet, looking for some positivity, and I think this show came along at the perfect time. Now, I started watching it right around the time it came out, And what happened to me is what happens to me far too often. I ended up not finishing it at the time. It it wasn't exactly because I didn't like it or anything like that, but... It just happens. And for whatever reason, this happens to me a lot. I'll start watching a show. I'll forget about it a year or more uh, will come around. I'll start watching it again and then really love it. So more than a year uh, went by or about a year went by. And then in the summer of 2021, uh, I started watching the show Scrubs for the first time. I binged it very quickly. I loved the show so much. And then when I found out that the creator of Scrubs, Bill Lawrence, also created Ted Lasso, I knew I needed to go back and watch Ted Lasso again. And I instantly fell in love with it the second time around. I fell in love with the show, the writing, the characters, everything about it was just fantastic. And as I mentioned... The show debuted in August 2020, and it had its, uh, you know, quote-unquote finale uh, just recently here in May of 2023, and I put finale, uh, finale in quotes because... They haven't fully clarified if the show will continue as it's currently constructed or it will branch off into something else in the future. I mean, we do know one specific thing, and this is a spoiler alert. If you have not watched all of Ted Lasso, I'd say jump ahead, uh, you know, use that skip ahead 30 seconds button here a couple times. But because Ted left at the end of the season, It's not going to include Jason Sudeikis. I think that's pretty obvious. But I do think that it could branch off into a different direction, whether it be with Roy or with Keeley. I think there's a lot of avenues I could take here, but... Spoilers are now done. (laughs) With the show, it was developed by Lawrence, as I mentioned. Uh, It stars Jason Sudeikis. Um, It was also written and developed uh, by Sudeikis and Brendan Hunt, who is Coach Beard in the show, who is also fantastic. I just love him as a character. He is so funny. He is so... Dry, And he just works so well. Uh, it, it was also developed and created by Joe Kelly. So it's a typical fish out of water story where an American college football coach is hired to coach an English Premier League soccer team. And he eventually wins over the team ownership and fans. It takes a little bit to get there. But it was uh, developed off of a the ca- the character of Ted Lasso was used for a bunch of Premier League commercials here in the states. I think trying to drive up um, American interest in the sport. So that's sort of where it went. And to say. The first time I saw that character being portrayed, and to think it would he would turn into a character on a show I absolutely love, I would not <laughs> have seen that coming. So the series and this episode stars Cedricus as Ted Lasso, as I mentioned, Brendan Hunt plays Coach Beard, Hannah Waddingham is Rebecca Welton, the. Owner of the team. She got the team in the divorce with her husband. Uh, Brett Goldstein plays my favorite character of Roy Kent. Juno Temple is Keely Jones. Jeremy Swift plays Leslie Higgins. Phil Dunster is Jamie Tart. Nick Mohammed plays Nate Shelley, the character you like and then you hate and then you like again. But you still kind of don't like him. Uh, Tahib Juma plays Sam Obasanya. Cristo Fernandez plays Danny Rojas, who's one of my favorite uh, players on the team. He's just so funny, and so uh, his storyline in the final season was very good. Uh, Cola Bokini plays Isaac uh, McAdoo, and Andrea Anders or Andrea Anders as Michelle Lasso. So that's. The uh, Kind of the gist of it, there are more characters, um, but if I was going more in-depth with the show itself, I would talk about that. But as far as a synopsis for this episode, we'll turn to the trusty IMDb for a short little write-up. It's Christmas in Richmond, Rebecca enlists Ted for a secret mission, Roy and Keeley search for a miracle, and the Higginses open up their home straightforward that's what we love here on this podcast we like a brief little synopsis like that so the episode it opens up uh the squad is exchanging gifts in the locker room it's part of a secret santa it is uh actually christmas day but they have a game the next day a boxing day tradition it's a big thing um overseas uh, on Boxing Day, you know, we don't have that luxury here in the States where a lot of people uh, would get the day off and all that stuff, but it's not a big deal here, but it is a big deal, especially in England, in the United Kingdom and all of that. So the characters, they're giving away, uh, or they're giving gifts to each other. Most of them are giving each other booze uh, as their gifts. And then we head into Ted's office and they're all doing the same. So, Ted and Beard and and Roy is in there and Leslie everybody they're all in there exchanging gifts. Ted then gets a gift from Nate, which is a framed photo of the two celebrating their first win together. And again, spoiler: if you are a fan of the show, you definitely know where the Ted Nate storyline eventually goes. So watching this back uh, is something I haven't seen in a while. Uh, you know, since well, since at least Christmas time. It was a little bit jarring seeing Nate again in the locker room and buddying up and being happy and friendly with Ted, uh, even with everything that happened at the end of the third and final season. Uh, At this point, we find out how everyone is going to celebrate the big Christmas holiday, uh, including Keely and Roy, who are dating, are starting a new tradition called Sexy Christmas. And we also find out that Rebecca, she's going to a Christmas party at Elton John's house. And This is also when we find out that the Higgins family is opening its doors to any player who doesn't have any family around for the holidays, but he also explains that they usually only get two or three players a year who stop by. But no matter what, they always open their doors, so nobody is alone on the holiday. And boy, do I love the character of Leslie Higgins. He is funny. He is um, (laughs) kind of aloof sometimes, a little bit of a a just... um, you know just sort of that naive kind of character but he's he's somebody you i think a lot of people can latch onto as a character he's just so loving and warm and he wants everybody to have a good time and that's very evident as this episode goes on so he goes uh, he goes ahead he invites Ted over but Ted's like hey I appreciate the offer but I'm going to be celebrating on a FaceTime call with my son as soon as he wakes up uh, so Ted can watch him open up all of his gifts, and they can do, uh, you know, they could kind of spend the rest of the day together, or at least part of the day together. Jamie then jumps in. He needs some help with the Secret Santa gift, and then we jump into a special Christmas-themed opener of the show featuring all of our main cast as a Rankin-Bass-esque uh, stop-motion characters, which I absolutely love. Anytime you could have those types of characters in a a television episode, I'm going to love it. So as we come back from the intro, Keely is setting up for Sexy Christmas. She's hanging her and Royce stockings. And one of my favorite things, I mean, beyond the fact of of how great Keely looks in this particular part of the, the episode, is she has a leg lamp from A Christmas Story in the window. And so if you don't know by now, A Christmas Story is hands down my favorite Christmas movie. Uh, So it's always great when I can see nods to another TV specials and films. So great to see that in the window. Her house also looks fantastic. I'm not normally a fan of white trees, but hers looks great in the window. Just then, the doorbell rings. Keely, she disrobes. Uh, She reveals herself wearing some sexy lingerie uh, to show off for Roy. But as she opens the door, it is not Roy. It is his niece, Phoebe. And we find out, and Roy's with her, and we find out that Roy's sister She got called into surgery, she's a doctor, so his niece has to spend the holiday with them. Uh, They know it's going to put a little damper on Sexy Christmas, and they know they can't do it the next day because of Boxing Day, and then they're busy again on the 27th, so they decide they're going to have a sexy December 28th. Uh, And Keely, being as great as she is, just completely goes with the flow. We move on, we're at the Higgins house, we see his family opening gifts, and I love his little family. He's got all of his boys there, I believe he's got four sons, and after they're opening up some of their gifts, he says, look, guests are arriving in about an hour, and we need to clean up. But at that moment, the doorbell rings, and Sam is the first player to arrive, and he's like, I need to use your restroom, (laughs) and he apologizes for being early. Then we jump ahead and we're at Ted's place now and he's opening up gifts with his son via uh, a FaceTime call and he lets his kid get uh, what he calls an irresponsible gift, a drone. And of course, what kid is not going to want to run off and play with his new drone? So he runs off, he hands the computer over to his mother, Ted's sort of ex-wife, not ex-wife, separated from wife. But he's like, you know what? Go ahead. Go enjoy yourselves. Uh, It's Christmas Day. I want you to have uh, as much fun as you can as well. And it's very clear that Ted is having a hard time being away from his family. uh, Not only just for Christmas, but in general, he is having a very hard time. And that's something that comes up not only a lot in the series. It's sort of the entire crux of the series, but a lot in Season 2. A lot with Ted going and uh, in, in speaking with therapists and all that as well. So it, it's very evident that he's having a hard time this holiday season. So as we jump back to Keely's house, we learn that not only is Phoebe upset that she can't spend Christmas with her mother, but she's actually been having a really bad week. Roy uh, then has a great line of asking why, why... <laughs> Why is she so upset? And he's like, did one of the Paw Patrol dogs die? (laughs) That was a terrible Roy impression, by the way. I couldn't do both the deep gravel and a British accent at the exact same time, so I apologize. But we learned from Phoebe that she got made fun of at school from a kid named Bernard for having bad breath. Keely's like, look, there's no way it's that bad. Kids are kids. It is what it is. Look, it can't be that bad. Let me smell it. She smells it and she gags because of the smell. Roy's like, It cannot be that bad. There's no way it's that bad. I've been around stinky locker rooms my entire life filled with stinky men. It can't be that bad. And he gets a whiff and he says, I think you might be dying. It's so funny. His, Roy is such a funny character, and Brett Goldstein plays him so well. And it's really funny, too, if you experience Brett Goldstein outside of playing the character of Roy Kent. Because his personality is so different than Roy Kent, but he plays it so, so well. And Roy also tells him, look, grab your coats... And we're gonna stop knocking on we're gonna start knocking on the doors of people in this posh neighborhood. And if they don't find a dentist within the first 10 houses, he'll give them each a thousand pounds. So now we're back at the Higgins house, and we have the youngest child being a little skeptical about Santa as he's talking to Sam, and Sam kind of helps explain it a little bit more. And then we get a ring at the doorbell, and more players show up for the celebration, and more of them bring traditional foods back from where they're from which starts to be an evolution here throughout this episode uh, of what's going on at the Higgins house is the sense of community and a sense of um, acceptance for your own cultures, which I think is absolutely fantastic. But back at Ted's place, he's drowning his sorrows. He's drinking some, some brown liquor of some sort. He's watching It's a Wonderful Life, and particularly the scene where George is about to commit suicide before Clarence jumps in the water. And right when Clarence jumps in the water, we hear some stones hitting Ted's window. Ted looks out the window, he sees Rebecca out there. She says, come on, get your coat, you're coming with me. Ted makes his way down, and Rebecca explains she's not going to Elton John's Christmas party and that he needs to come with her because they're doing something way better than that. They stop by, they see uh, a couple people busking on the street playing some Christmas music, which will come into play a little bit later on in this episode. They hop in Rebecca's car and they drive away. So now at this point, Roy, Keely, and Phoebe—they're going door to door looking for a dentist on Christmas Day. Phoebe says, "Hey, it's embarrassing." Before Roy uh, tells her a story about pooping his pants from eating too much ice cream, and Keely's like, "When was this?" And he was like, "It was three weeks ago." Uh, <laughs> it's so again, it's just silly humor, but it was very funny. And and anytime you can sort of see Roy in that light, it makes it even funnier. We now return, we're at the Higgins house once again, the players and the kids are playing a nerf war together, which quite honestly sounds like a very terrific way to spend a, a Christmas afternoon after you've opened up all your gifts and you're running around the house shooting nerf guns at each other. But in the other room, one of Higgins's older children is now lusting after one of the dates the players brought in a nice little bit of humor there uh, before the doorbell rings and even more players show up. And despite having more players than ever before, the Higgins, they're they're excited for this chance to host more people. And their only concern is, where's everybody going to sit? So we jump ahead now. We're with Rebecca and Ted, and we see them grab. We see Rebecca grab a big bag of toys out of the back of her car. They show up at a kid's house. They explain, "We're so sorry, Santa. uh, Santa's elves put it on the wrong sled. Um, That's why they weren't able to get there by." You know, last night, and this little girl was so happy and so appreciative that they were that she was getting gifts. We really start to see Ted perk up and he's starting to understand that even though he's away from his family on Christmas, he can still have a rewarding and wonderful holiday. And we see uh, they start going back and forth, delivering to other houses. While we also have in this montage of Keeley, Roy, and Phoebe uh, knocking on doors. It's not a Dennis' house. It's going back and forth. We see more players showing up at Higgins's house. So it's a nice little snippet here that I really liked of seeing everybody kind of coming and going within that moment. We then finally see our trio land at the 10th house, and she actually is a dentist. They let them come in. She inspects Phoebe's mouth, and they they found out that the antihistamines that she's taking because of her new cat are what are drying out her mouth and causing the smell. And so they decide they're going to end up going to a pharmacy to get this whole thing situated and figured out. We then return to the Higgins house and we get this great panning shot that I loved of a bunch of tables and whatever they could smash together to be able to have a big long table for everybody to sit down. And you see everybody enjoying dinner together, interacting. It's the Higgins family. It's the players that are in town. They're eating the food that the Higgins family made that the players brought that represented their home country that it's just such a sweet little scene and then we also then see Phoebe and uh, Roy and Phoebe or uh and Keeley outside of the pharmacy they have their medicine clearly Roy has bribed this person to let him get into their store he then bribes him again asks uh, if he could get some poster board and some markers as we move forward, Ted and Rebecca, they're now walking the streets with her explaining how she knows how difficult that first Christmas is after a divorce, and she knew that Ted was going to be having a hard time, so she wanted to be there for him. And, and I think it explains their relationship so very well. I know there were a lot of people online who were upset that Ted and Rebecca didn't get together. I never wanted them to get together. They always sort of like playfully hinted at that idea but to me it never made sense and I think it showed that a man and a woman can be platonic friends nothing more than that and they both needed each other and they both were there for each other and I loved their dynamic and the finale is so great between those two characters and and what came to be because of the two of them, and, and that's what I absolutely love, and she explained that she didn't really want to go to Elton's party, she doesn't want to go there now, and then she has one last surprise planned, but before we get to that surprise, we're back with our trio of Keeley, Roy, and Phoebe, and we get a nice little ode to Love Actually. They show up at uh, the Bully Burner's house. Uh, the poster board explains why Phoebe has a stinky breath, how he hurt her feelings, and if he keeps making fun of her, that uh, (laughs) that he'll have to uh, deal with her Uncle Roy. Bernard eventually apologizes to her, and we see the trio walking home together before we get back to the Higgins' house, and we get this fantastic speech from Higgins himself. (laughs) I just want to thank you all for coming. To the family, again. Yay! You're going to make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> um, to my lovely wife, Julie, my sons, <laughs> to you and all your families back in Lagos, Guadalajara, yeah. Cronigan, <laughs> Cordon, Montreal, yes. Benin City, Harare, Kingston, and Santa Cruz de la Sierra. I know you would have preferred to have been with them, but it was truly an honor to have you with us to share our traditions and help make a few new ones. To the family we're born with, and to the family we make along the way, and most importantly, to Richmond! the speech is so very simple but very heartwarming and i love that he addresses where all the players are from and he notes that even though they can't be with their own family they're with the richmond family i just love that sentiment so very much just as the speech ends we hear some noise outside and it's ted and rebecca along with those buskers that we saw from earlier performing christmas baby please come home and hannah waddingham absolutely crushes this version of the song i never knew she was that good of a singer she is incredible and it makes me very excited for her apple tv christmas special that is supposed to be coming up later this year hopefully because of the writer's strike that won't be something that uh, is dealt with or, or has any impact on it but she absolutely nails it in this episode It then wraps up with the youngest Higgins child watching Santa and his sleigh fly across the sky as the entire family and the team is singing and dancing in the street. So as always, we like to determine if an episode should be deemed a holiday classic. And with this, I'm giving it a... You got it, dude! This is an absolute no-brainer. This is hands down the best Christmas TV episode I've seen in years. I don't think anything else comes close to this. It is everything you could want in a Christmas episode. A ton of heart, a lot of laughs. The entire episode is just oozing Christmas. The music the decorations, just everything about it feels Christmassy, and what's even more remarkable is that this episode debuted in August, and I know I wasn't watching it directly at that time, but I know so many people were watching it then, and I'm sure it just transported you right to the holiday season, even for me watching this uh, for this recording, it was, it just, immediately put me in a better mood it just felt like the holidays even though i've got the air conditioning cranked it's 90 some degrees outside uh but it just it, it not only has the positives of the holiday, but it also touches on the depression that many people have during that time of year. And I love how Rebecca helped pull Ted out of that sadness, even if it was just for one day. She helped distract him from being away from his family, being away from his son, and she knew what it was like to be in that type of moment before. So, And I also love the team coming together at the Higgins' house. I talked about that a lot in this episode about how much I like that and I'm sure if you're a fan of the show you also love this episode Uh, but if not say you're just listening to this for the heck of it I highly 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 recommend going and watching this one because it has become part of my Christmas canon something I have to watch every year now maybe a couple times in a year because it's just that good so that wraps up our Leon Day episode and like always I'm amazed at how quickly this year has gone uh being the near the end of June right now makes absolutely no sense. The fact that Christmas was six months ago, and it's now six months away, uh, it's just wild to me. And with the 4th of July coming up again in a couple weeks... It goes so fast <laughs> once the Fourth of July hits. I mean, it's different now that uh, you know I'm in my mid 30s, and it's not worrying about going back to school, which was always like that feeling of dread after the Fourth of July. And now I'm kind of like, yes, get me, uh, get me to that moment because you know, before, before you know, we'll be talking about back to school and spooky season and cooler weather and pumpkin spice lattes, all that great stuff will be coming. I don't like wishing time away, uh, but I'm. Not a heat fan. I don't love this time of year. And so I'm excited for it to start cooling off and and getting to that time of the year. But before we get too far ahead, and uh, we will once again be celebrating Christmas in July this year, like we have in the past. Uh, Last year, we did a classic Christmas in July where we did some classic TV shows. We did Mary Tyler Moore. We did The Honeymooners. We did. Oh gosh, uh, happy days as well. So, but this year our theme will be a classic animated Christmas. So, I'll let you kind of ponder what you think those episodes will be that we're going to cover. We also, uh, so with that, we plan on uh, diving into classic animated shows. We'll cover a Christmas special for three episodes next month. And we will also have a very special Fourth of July episode, but I don't want to give anything away on that one. But let's just say, There's really only one Fourth of July episode. And actually, I think it's two episodes, but it's, uh, it's going to be a fun one. So as always, be sure to check us out on Facebook and Instagram by searching TGI Podcast. I'd love it if you would leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or also on Spotify. Uh, so it'll help us reach some new listeners, especially before we get into that downturn of the rest of the year um, when we really hit it hard in October, November, and December with our episodes. So thanks again for listening. And we'll be back very, very soon with a 4th of July episode and our Christmas in July episodes. So talk to you all very soon. The TGI Podcast is written, produced, and hosted by me, Matt Urich. Our social media is available by searching for TGI Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. The music for this outro is provided by Carlo Espin, licensed under CC BY 4.0.